Hi, you entrepreneurs. Uh, today we have Greg Stringman. He, this is a rebroadcast from about a year ago. So I had this uh, interview about a year ago that I rebroadcast it. And it's been, we've had, we have new listeners uh, from that time. And I thought there's some uh, words of wisdom. If you're looking to uh, build your platform, if you're looking to I mean, develop a community, bring artwork uh, to your community, this podcast could be right for you. Uh, please listen, uh, please subscribe, and of course, tell your friends. Welcome to the road to growth, success of an entrepreneur. We've raised the bar. Learn firsthand from successful business owners and create your own path to success. I'm going to show you how great I am. It's time to hit the road to growth with team lead of the Enriquez Group, Realtor Vinny. I'm here with uh, Greg Stringman, the managing partner of LWP, Live Work Play. Hey, Vinny. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Greg, for uh, being here. So tell us a little about the man, the myth, the legend, LWP. <laughs> I don't know about the man, the, le- <laughs> the myth, or the legend, but um, I'll tell you a little bit about myself. Uh, I grew up in, I'm a native of San Diego. I was actually, well, let me back up. I was born in Los Angeles, huh? but we moved to San Diego when I was four or five years old. So he's uh, still a Padre fan, so just FYI. I am a huge Padre fan, not a Dodger fan. Um, <laughs> And my family, we, we grew up here in Del Mar, and kind of as it uh, goes, I ended up, as it pertains to my career, I became really fascinated with real estate and development of real estate, and pursued a path in, in, um, in a career in, in being a real estate developer. And you're, you come from a background of, your parents were in real estate, correct? Yeah, my dad was a banker. He worked for a, a, a handful of different local banks, and my mom was actually a, a real estate agent with uh, McMillan and Prudential for a number of years. So my family's kind of come from that that field. They thought I was a little bit crazy to go out and want to start my own company with a friend way back in 1991. But you know, at that time, I just thought oh, it's you know I'm young, I don't have a lot to lose, and uh, kind of go for it. And from from there, you started out with your first building and kind of grew it out, correct? Well, kind of what happened is I had an internship with a real estate development company that was like a track home builder. It yeah. was building stuff all over Southern California. And then as uh, some of your audience may remember, in 1991, there was a pretty bad recession. Yeah. And there were no jobs available. And I had a couple job opportunities in the construction field as a project manager. But that just didn't excite me. You know, one thing that I know about myself is I'm passionate. And yeah. I only want to work on projects that are meaningful and um, exciting to me. So I kind of embarked on the path with one friend to start a, uh, a development company. And at that time, being young, 22, 23 years old, the only types of projects that we were able to do because banks wouldn't lend us money or investors wouldn't really step up to the table to invest with us was we worked on condo conversions. Okay. And so we were buying real estate-owned, bank-owned assets and converting them from rental apartments to condominiums. How did you, you gain the knowledge base? Was it trial and error or did your, your parents have some kind of uh, uh, idea of how to reach out to these banks, how to reach out to these entities about doing the conduct versions? Because 22, still fairly young. Super young. I was fortunate that my partner at that time and still good friend, Tim Larson, uh, he's seven or eight years older than me, had experience more experience than I did. So yeah. if I was 22, 23, he was probably 30 and he was uh, running that other company that I was working with. Yeah. Um, a little bit of trial and error, yeah. just like anything you find in life, right? Um, 
So, you know, we, we, we learned and consulted the right people. We're kind of big believers in you don't have to know everything, but yeah. you got to be smart enough to know what you don't know, what you don't know, but you got to be smart enough to know that if you don't know, then know the people that do know. Yeah. So, you know, I'm not a lawyer by trade. I'm not a CPA by trade or education. Yeah. So hire the best attorney to get your best legal advice, hire the best CPA so you get your best tax advice. And so we hired qualified condominium consultants um, and counsel and kind of sourced out, you know, when you get to, when you start looking at banks and stuff like that, it was a little bit of cold calling being denied and kind of the, the one question that I always tell a lot of, a lot of people in business that are trying to start out is, you know, if you know means maybe, and if they can't help you, then the next question you need to ask them is, you know, do you know someone else that can help you? Yeah. And that, that became an important thing where it just, you know, then you got to continue on the path to trying to find the right source. Yeah. So we initially were doing, you know, the project sizes were 14 units up to 48 units oh, wow. in size. So not huge ones, but yeah. big enough to at least uh, keep a little bit of food on the table. It was yeah. very lean times. I often tell people just it uh, it still sits in my mind about you know just constantly pushing forward every day to um to get to the end goal and across the finish line of you know just doing what we are doing what what keeps a, a 20 22 year old on track to to keep fighting through most 22 year olds that you'll see in especially in Pacific Beach or areas like that are out having drinks and just enjoying life, but what's keeping you on track, living lean and, and fighting for that next, next deal, I guess. Uh, you know, I think it's in, it's in, it's an internal clock. You have yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. You have it. You know, you, you either want it or you don't want it. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with not wanting it. Right. Yeah. yeah. I don't look at anyone differently in that. I just, I just wanted to be successful. Yeah. I like accomplishing things. Yeah. And it's not always about money. It's about doing something. It's kind of like working in your yard, you know? Yeah. You know, you want to go out there and you want to stand back and look at your the yard your and labor. go, oh, look at what I accomplished. Yeah, exactly. So it's being what I often label with, with um, my wife, Christina, as being a productive citizen. Yeah. You know, it's not about what you make. Yeah. It's about what you do, what you do, what you contribute to your community. Yeah. What you contribute to your family, what you're contributing to other people that you work around. Yeah. That's, that's to me what the measuring stick is for it. And that's my parents, you know, I was fortunate. I've got amazing parents and, um, you know, they were great role models to kind of instill those values in me. Yeah. And now I hope I get to pass that along to, um, you know, to my kids. And, and your upbringing, I know you've kind of told me in the past, your upbringing where it was, they've kind of molded you like, uh, I guess you've kind of molded your kids where it's like if they borrow something, they pay you back on interest and kind of stuff like that, where it's, it's, it's very unique, I think. Yeah. I mean, I, it would be, people often assume that when I say it's a family business, they're yeah. like, oh, your mom and dad just gave you this business yeah. and you took over and started running it. And I'm like... No, we, I started this with one friend and I literally had less than, I had credit card debt. I had no money, yeah. none. Yeah. And I, I'll never forget the time I had to borrow $10,000 from my dad to tie up a, a project. And yeah. it was a, 
he didn't want to give me the loan because he just said, you know, you want to go out and do this on your own and, you know, go do it on your own. <laughs> my mom was a little bit more empathetic to my situation and the opportunity and saw the value in what I was doing. So I ended up getting literally a 30 day loan at 10% interest oh. on that thing. And when I, and I, my parents made me sign a promissory note that I was going to pay the money back. And it was like a real life situation. Yeah. And that, that's, that's how it should be. Yeah. I mean, it, it taught me the value of what you're, what you're signing on and what responsibilities you take as you move forward. Was, was there a point where you said, I've actually done it? Like, when, when did that take? So you started in 22, you, you had your first uh, business, or first uh, condo conversion. Was there a time where you actually said, I accomplished kind of what I originally was looking for? Well, I mean, just to kind of go through like a transformation for me, I, you know, my parents, um, we, my parents exposed to me to a lot of things growing up, which, um, business and just, like I said, good moral compass. Yeah. Um, we weren't big, like city dwellers, you know, 1993, I moved to the city. So just so people can kind of get a little bit of an understanding, I don't do condo conversions anymore. Yeah. I, I only do um, kind of adaptive reuse of existing buildings, mostly multifamily apartments, and we do some hospitality stuff. Um, I think your question was more on the lines, was there ever a point where I ever felt like I really arrived or yeah. succeeded? Uh, yeah, yeah, I guess. I mean, it's, you know, but I... I know you're still I'm fighting never, I'm never, stuff, yeah. you know, but I'm never... We're never, I'm never fully satisfied. Yeah. Not because it's, it has nothing to do with the money. It's about just doing great projects. Yeah. So we just want to be contributors to the communities in which we invest in. So we want to take that dilapidated building. Yeah. And as I kind of say, buff and shine it and make it more of a, a gem or a jewel of the community. Yeah. To try to just be constantly evolving and working within the neighborhoods that we invest in to become better neighborhoods, safer neighborhoods, more walkable neighborhoods, better livable neighborhoods. So it's more about the quality of life. So I feel within our community branded apartments, we, yeah. we've kind of built a model for social sustainability. Yeah. So I feel like we've arrived in kind of getting to there. But, you know, as I always tell our team here, you know, we, we need to not be focusing on what 2019 is looking at. We need to be looking at what 2021 may look like. Yeah. So as everyone is, you know, focusing on today, we need to look two or three years out yeah. as to what those amenities or uh, lifestyle things that people may want yeah. that may be living in one of our apartment buildings. And if you know what I'm saying, I, I look at your buildings and the beautiful, you have beautiful artwork on the outside. Do you ever get any kind of a kickback on... Uh, people looking at that and it's because it's unique it's unique s- styles that you offer to your your buildings do you ever get kickback because people don't, most people don't like change no I, I i think the very first one that we did that was a little bit more edgy in nature up in bankers hill yeah i was putting some street art on the side of the building and this is going back uh, 11 years ago yeah um, and some women in the neighborhood, older women that were walking their dogs over to Balboa Park and walked past the building and they were just like, what in the world are you doing? (laughs) And I told them, you know, that we were putting this up. And at first it was just kind of like, oh my gosh, you know, the neighborhood's gone to hell in a handbasket, you know? And, 
And then it was kind of funny because once it was all completed and they, I, I saw those same group of women cause they almost did, they did their walk all the time. Um, you know, they were really grateful that it kind of added a, an edgy yeah. component to the com- community, yeah. but in a very tasteful manner. So we don't get a lot of pushback, you know, I mean, we got some more social pushback in a community like Barrio Logan yeah. for being quote unquote capitalist people mm. and instead of just being community people. Mm. Um, but you know, I, our offices are in Barrio Logan. That's where we are today. Yeah. As I often told people, you know, it's like, okay, well, that's how you feel about us today. But I think once you see that we are part of the community, yeah. that you won't feel that way about us a year or two years, three years down the road. And I feel like we've, we get along great and integrate with everyone here and love being a part of this community. And, and, and you guys have made a, a dent in, in Barrio Logan, I think for, for at least for the better in the way I look at it. Um, and now you're expanding to, to Mexico. How's that been changing from the United States well, we, to Mexico? We started in downtown. So kind of a, how I ended up in this artistic background was uh, I became super fascinated with old buildings and um, lofts. And then from there, it was through travel. Um, through travel, going to other cities, started realizing how far San Diego was behind the times. Yeah. I mean, I have this theory of um, craft beer and Greg Cook at Stone Brewery changed San Diego in 1995 because craft beer was, that was the evolution of craft beer for San Diego. Yeah. No offense to Carl Strauss, but I think just that edginess of Stone and what they did just kind of changed the, the, the mental makeup of what people here in San Diego kind of expected for life, you know? And, um, so I just became very, you know, believing in the artisanal methods of doing things and wanted to be part of it here. And then in San Diego, uh, with, as it pertains to Mexico, I, you know, it's funny. I fell into it. I, I, I do a lot of, uh, volunteering and I'm active in urban land Institute. And I got asked to be on a redevelopment panel of downtown Tijuana. And it was at the time when I was telling my wife, like, I really want to do another project in another city, LA, New York. I just kind of want to get out and do something just to say that I went for it one time, like by playing it safe in our own backyard. And and then I went and did this panel in Tijuana and I was just like, wow, this is crazy. This is only 20 minutes away from, and I spent a lot of time growing up down in Mexico. My grandparents used to live in, in, in Ensenada. And so we, as a family used to go down there a lot, but you know, with all the narco violence and everything that happened in 2008, 2009, 2010, I just was not interested in going down there at all. So it's doing business in Mexico. It's a different workflow. Mm. As I often tell people, it's not better, worse than working here in San Diego. It's just different. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's a slower pace. Um, it's, um, you know, there's a lot less regulation. So, you know, the, the process that we go through here in San Diego for building permits or, or planning is much more stringent than it is say in Mexico. So the Mm -hmm. projects we're doing in Mexico right now, Tijuana and also Valle de Guadalupe are more in the hospitality sector. So, um, trying to be that, um, 
instigator, for lack of a better word, of, yeah. of encouraging people to cross the border and go experience a really cool community and uh, culture that safely that that uh, that they may not be exposed to. So our projects down there, like I said, are they're, they're Airbnbs and things of that nature. You, you're very big into customer service, and I know you're saying down in Mexico that it maybe it's a little bit slower. Does that affect the, the level of, of standards that you have of your customer service? Because you're really strong with customer service here at a lot of your locations. Um, no, I, you know, it's, we, we refer to it as guest experience okay. instead of service, just okay. to, for clarification. Yeah. I always tell people, and even in our apartments, I think it's an important to note because we changed I think words change your mentality of mm. how you think about things. Yeah. So with our apartments, we're, we're not landlords, we're host. Yeah. If you're a tenant in our building, you're not a tenant, you're a member. If you're a customer of our hotel in Tijuana, you're not a customer, you're a guest. Oh. And it, um, I mean, service is one thing, but experience is another. Yeah. I mean, I'm a huge believer in hospitality principles across all businesses, not just hospitality, but hospitality, um, you know, it's, it's an emotional thing, right? You think about with real estate, like for what you do, yeah. it's like you treat people really well. You care for your customers, yeah. right? You stay in touch with your customers. You, you create this bond or connection with them that probably expands upon one, two, and more home purchases, real estate purchases. Yeah. Well, we want to do the same thing with, with people living in our apartment buildings, or we want to do the same thing with people staying in our hotels. So, you know, we amplify as much as we possibly can yeah. our experience levels. So, you know, we're not, we'll pretty much do anything that we can. And it, and it started... I, you know, I, one of the redevelopment projects I did was the Pearl Hotel yeah. in 2007, 2008, probably the shittiest time you can open a small little boutique hotel. But, you know, but, you know, I honestly, if I look back at it, one of my proudest achievements from a career standpoint was doing that project because there weren't a lot of boutique hotels and something that designed forward in San Diego at that time. And. But the, but the connection point with the guest is while well, you got a great cool property and all these dive in movies and great food and drink was just the service levels. You know, you're talking a budget boutique hotel that had like I always used to tell my staff, it's like I want four stars worth of experience on a two star budget. Yeah, because most of our rooms at that time were sub hundred dollars a night. Uh. So if you think about it, like what does it matter whether you're at a Four Seasons yeah. or you're at a. Pearl Hotel or you're at a, you know, uh, this, the common denominator is the front desk associate or front desk agent or whatever you want to call it. It doesn't matter. The service level should still be the same. Where, where did you, where did you come up with the idea of the boutique hotel? Like, was it something that just came to you? Did you see it in another city or where did you come up with the idea? I just, you know, we started a nightclub Onyx room yeah. in 1999 and I like people. I'm a people person. And uh, I just thought this would be something that San Diego could really use. I like, I like modernism. I like mid-century design. And I literally, the first property that I looked at was 
the old Sportsman's Lodge, which became the Pearl Hotel, and kind of went for it. And I knew nothing about, never worked in a hotel, never worked in a restaurant, never worked in a bar. Just kind of went for it. Did the best I could. Again, getting back to what I said, hired the best consultant. We hired an ex-Kimpton Hotel uh, manager to be our uh, consultant. And I got a bank to believe in me and got an investor to believe in us. And, um, you know, we forged, forged on. And, you know, we uh, disposed of that asset last year. So, you know, I owned it for 10 years. Didn't plan on selling it, just kind of decided someone came along and wrote us an offer that was too good to be true for us. And we closed that chapter in our life and moved on to another one. How, like for maybe new, uh, new entrepreneurs, new uh, developers, new... Uh, people that want to actually build a, build a business, how do you how would you find the best? Like you're saying that you've surrounded yourself by the best people out there. Was it word of mouth? Was it through different platforms? Or what? How are you finding those those people, those strong people that you surround yourself by? Well, I I think people have to you have to get out and network. Yeah. Like I, I think the first thing is is you have to. You, you know, as we talked earlier, you have to have a, a strong gut yeah. because there are going to be times for that you're going to fail. But, you know, failing to me is just what you do with it. It's okay to fail as long as you learn from the failure, right? Yeah. Then you get back up and you keep moving forward. If you stop, then you failed, right? Yeah. Um, as to finding... Those people, you have to get out and network. That's one of the things I always tell people. You got to get out and meet people. And so you just start asking around, you know, be, in, be involved in the trade associations in which your, your, your business or segment of your market is in. So, I mean, my first thing was pretty much called the San Diego Hotel Motel Association. I called the, the San Diego Tourism group, you know, that manages the convention center. And we're yeah. just like, hey, does anybody know someone that can do some consulting for me that can teach me how to how long it takes to clean a room or how much I'm going to spend on guest supplies or what linens cost or procedurally how you do this? I mean, think about it. Reservation systems. I like learning. Hmm. So you just kind of have to just kind of put yourself out there again. It's just like, oh, you don't know anyone? Okay, well, do you know someone else that might be able to help me? People are willing to help people all the time, right? Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, you just kind of got to, you got to have your eyes wide open yeah. because you don't know who that next uh, like connection will be. Yeah. Not necessarily even for your career, but even on a, just a, like a community base, like just being friends and meeting interesting people. I don't know. I, I joke with my wife all the time that we just somehow end up meeting really interesting people at the most random times. Yeah. Like literally waiting in line to get a taco at a, at a Cholo soccer game or, you know, as, or we met someone when we were invited to Guadalupe last week that had lost their dogs and she, you know, their dog was on our property and, and uh, we end up meeting the woman and she ends up owning the Parque del Ninos and Valle. And they got a, you know, a little zoo over there. And, you know, she takes us on a private tour. You know, you just meet interesting people because you're open minded to meeting interesting people. Yeah. So yeah. I just tell people, be open minded to meeting anybody. Don't go into it looking at like, what am I going to get from this person? Go into it. What can I give this person? Right. Yeah. 
And I know for yourself, you give back a lot to uh, young developers, young architects. You give it back to a lot of individuals. Is that kind of where that mindset comes from, just to, to give back to people? Because you. Well, I think being civically and socially and community involved is important. I mean, I spent 14 years on the Gas Lamp Quarter Association board, land use and planning committee through that, the downtown partnership. I was on that board and executive committee for I don't know how many years I chaired the the PBID the property-based clean and safe program for downtown like oh, wow. I, I chaired that for five years and was on the board for that and did a lot of mentoring at San Diego High School Urban Land Institute is the one that I've done for the last four years and now I'm blessed with the opportunity along with my wife to you know mentor and raise two cool kids and um but i think it's important to get back yeah. you know as i always tell people it's real easy to stroke a check to a charity right yeah. it's real easy if you got money yeah. let's just say if you got money you know yeah. it's like ah, you just write the check and you know oh i to me there's a higher gratification as an individual if you can give your time yeah because that's 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 time is valuable right yeah. i i it is so you know it's it's nice to be able to give both if you can yeah but you know it's great it's gratifying to give time yeah yeah we just did a team building thing in tijuana went down to the uh, the world central kitchen in tijuana that's doing a lot of feeding of the uh the caravan people mm. whether you believe in it or not <laughs> i mean that's i'm not going to get political but yeah. you know what there's a humanitarian side of caring for people that i hope I would hope that everybody has, you know, I mean, I am for legal immigration, but you know, it's just down there helping people. So we did a team building thing with everyone in our company that went down there to go volunteer in the kitchen. And, and it's just a neat thing to be able to give back to people. Yeah. What, what if, if you could look back at your younger self, the 22 year old that was getting in the business at that time, would you give any kind of feedback, any advice, anything that they didn't know at that time? Or maybe a young on, young entrepreneur. Well, I think do do what you love. Find a way to do what you love by making some money at it. Yeah, that's important because you can do what you love and make no money, right? Yeah. I mean, and I guess that's that's okay too. But you know, if you're in the business standpoint, try to figure out an angle that you can actually make money at it. Um, and have that passion have that passion you have to you have to have a passion I, I often when I did a lot of mentoring at San Diego High School and the teachers and the school had a lot of ambitions for these students to go to four-year colleges and maybe that wasn't in the cards for everybody right so like I tell a lot of the students go to a junior college go to a trade school you know go to I mean if your passion is cars and you then, then be the best auto mechanic you can't be right you yeah. know you're not going to go to a four-year college to be a because you like working on cars so be the best auto mechanic you can be i mean be the best be the best at what you can be but i think you just have to persevere you know life yeah. will deal you challenges like speed bumps i think it's what you deal what you do with that i think is where people get hung up i i see it a lot where people there's um you know, obstacles are going to be there. 
Yeah. You know, you just got to keep moving forward. So if you truly believe in what you're doing and why you're doing it and, and then you got to, you got to keep moving forward. You got to keep moving forward. And I don't think, I think too many people, you know, if you read Napoleon Hill or, you know, those type books, think and grow rich, it's, you know, just having that mentality of always three feet from gold, you know, you got to keep digging and digging and digging and then you could literally stop. Right. Yeah. And let's just say that gold vein could be literally three feet from, you know, where you were. You just have to have that mentality. Yeah. And it's not as we were talking earlier off, off mic, but it's, it's not just about money. It's about like your workout regimen, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, it, it can be about anything. You can be trying to lose weight. You could be trying to, like, I'm trying to learn to speak Spanish right now. You know, I mean, I'm taking Spanish classes. It's like, it's about everything. You just got to keep pushing forward. Yeah. And enjoy the process. Well, like you said, if it, it's only a failure unless you didn't learn something or gave up. It's, it's a learning experience. You're, and you did it again. Through. If you make the same mistake and you again. Make it, yeah, exactly. Then, you know, then if you make the same mistake again, then it's kind of like, oh, shit. Yeah. Uh, you didn't learn from it, right? Exactly. So what's, what's next for the LWP group? Or yourself? Well, we're, we're working on the projects in Mexico. So I like to think of ourselves as being a pioneer of developing on both sides of the border. We want to grow our community branded apartment portfolio. I mean, right now I think we have around, I don't know, 200, 250 apartment units and we're um, passionate about our one bunk hospitality concept that, you know, has a couple places here in San Diego now and also Tijuana. And then we'll have the one in Valle de Guadalupe. And then my wife and I in recent times have become really, I've always been interested in art. But we've just started collecting some art and learning more about art lately. So I think it's really interesting to kind of um, knowledge is power, you know? I yeah. mean, not, it's, it's just fun learning. I love learning about art. And so we're, um, I don't know, I may do, you know, some, some offshoots of some things that are still real estate related, lending, because we've kind of started a, a fund and doing, um, private loans and so it's still all real estate related hospitality related but you know it'd be nice to have some a little bit more passion projects in the space of art and things of that nature what if if there was someone out there that wanted to either stay at one of the airbnbs rent one of the rooms what platform could they look on the the website or do you have a website that they can look at so if you're interested in um the hospitality side of things it's onebunk.com like the number O-N-E, yeah. bunk, like a bunk bed, onebunk.com. And then you'll find our, our listings on there. And if you're interested in any of our apartments uh, or commercial spaces, it's lwpgroup.com. Okay. Stands for live, work, play group, lwpgroup.com. And, and then if there's anyone that, let's say, because uh, I, I know you still do some of the mentor programs and stuff like that. If there was anyone out there that had questions uh, maybe trying to get into it. Is there a good good resource they could go to, or is there like a way that they could um, try to reach out to one of those platforms where you mentor or anything like that? Well, I think I think Urban Land Institute, okay, ULI has a young leaders program okay. that is. Uh, I actually stepped down this year. Okay, so I did four years of leading Group One, um, which was small urban redevelopment. 
<clears throat> excuse me. And I just felt like here again, it gets back to doing everything to the highest and best level. And I, I've done it for four years. I felt like my, I just didn't think I had the energy to do a fifth year. So I just told him I need to take a year off and kind of focus on something else. So, um, but it's still an, an amazing program. And I, I learned as much from the young leaders as I hope that they learn from me. You know, yeah. I mean, I learn a lot. You know, I'm 51 years old and I still feel like I learn from, because I'm not, there, there, there's different perspectives on things, right? Yeah. Like most of our apartments we rent, we're renting to people that are 20 years younger than me, yeah. maybe more. So I probably related more to them when I was a little younger, but you know, it's, it's, it's neat to hear what people's generationally and what people are looking for in living. So it's, it's kind of neat to have some, uh, as I always say, const constructive criticism or critiquing of the, of the products and the, and the, the things that we do yeah. from, from other people. So they, I mean, at the end of the day, they're the end consumer, right? Yeah. So if you can't, if you can't handle the criticism, then you probably shouldn't be doing it. Yeah. So, I mean, as long as it's constructive, right? <laughs> I mean, that's the difference. So it's, it's kind of a neat platform. So urban land Institute would be a good place to start. And then I always just explain, you know, tell people just be involved in your community. Yeah. Be involved in things that you can, um, kind of grow in, you know, I, I got involved in the San Diego Chamber of Commerce um, this last year. So, you know, looks like I'm going to go on a delegation to Mexico City with um, the Chamber of Commerce and Jerry Sanders, I think at the end of March, to go to Mexico City to meet with the Mexican government and kind of three days talk about the region of Tijuana and San Diego and NAFTA and immigration and just maculadoras and trade. And, you know, this is it's a whole new area. You, t you know, I, I don't, I don't like my wife always says, you'll never retire. And you know what? She's right. I probably will never retire because I, I enjoy the process. I enjoy learning. I enjoy trying to do good for, for our communities. So it's um, just, I just suggest people be involved in the things that they're passionate about. Perfect. Well, thank you for, for all the time you're able to give us. Absolutely. Um, Anytime. All you entrepreneurs out there, hopefully you got some, some great information. Uh, please share, please subscribe. We'd love to hear your feedback. Have a great one. Thank you for listening to The Road to Growth, Success of an Entrepreneur. Please like, subscribe, and stay connected. Visit www.TheEnriquezGroup.com. Yeah, I created a website. Hope to see you again next week. The Enriquez Group, signing off.